Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Sometimes the answer is in the question you ask. Ask the right question and you'll discover the right answer. The answer you've been seeking. Today, I'm going to ask three questions, three questions to get the right answer. Why am I fatigued? Why am I frustrated? Why am I forgetful? Yes, and the answer may surprise you. I just want to call this the peril of tangents. Here on Daily Devotion this week, we're talking about stretching ourselves. It was many years ago I came across a quote from a television actor that just resonated with me. Tim Allen, star of the television sitcom Home Improvement, said, How much of the day are you awake? You think, I got to get the dry cleaning, I got to get going, and this and that. And all of a sudden, it's dinner time. And then there's a moment of connection with your spouse or friends. Then you read, go to bed, wake up, and it's the same thing all over. You're not awake, you're not living, you're not experiencing. We start early medicating ourselves. We start kids early on video games and screens and so forth. It's daunting how many possibilities there are in life for every one of us. But rather than face that, I may be a failure or a success. People find diversions. Diversions. We start to draw close to the answer to those three questions. Why am I fatigued, frustrated, and fearful? Do you remember when Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life? And he instructed his earliest believers to follow him, and he would make them, that the making came in the following. Early believers were called people of the way. They followed after the way, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he made them, and he transformed them. So long as we follow his way, the way, we become who he wants us to be. Why do you think God warned Israel so many times? Like in Leviticus, do not learn the way of the Egyptians. Do not learn the way of the Canaanites. Deuteronomy, do not be ensnared by their ways. Judges, do not learn the ways of the Amorites. Jeremiah, do not learn the way of the nations. God spoke something significant to his people that they needed to learn and follow after the way. Or we adapt and we go along with the many ways of the world, what the Bible calls the course of this world, the path of least resistance. And it's nothing but a diversion, a tangent. We get off course. What is that beautiful passage? All we like sheep have gone astray. We get off track and then fatigue, frustration, and forgetfulness set in. You see, there's fatigue near the finish line like no fatigue you will ever face. The closer you get to your open door, you will experience a great tiredness, exhaustion, a fatigue will sweep over you. It's a common theme in literature. One of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous speeches was given at Oberlin College. That was home to the early holiness movement and the revival and awakening that spread across America. Oberlin was also a stop on the Underground Railroad. In June 1965, Dr. King spoke to the graduating class on the subject, remaining awake through a great revolution. 
In the speech, he told the story written by Washington Irving called Rip Van Winkle that this character slept for 20 years. When he had fallen asleep, the sign on the inn in his hometown on the Hudson River had a picture of British King George III. When he awakened 20 years later, the sign had a picture of President George Washington. He had slept through the dawning of a new age. A more modern example is as familiar as the story of Rip Van Winkle. It's the odd assortment of characters in L. Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz. They reach a field of poppies. Dorothy and the lion are overtaken by sleep, sleeping within sight of the Emerald City. Or what about when Christian in Pilgrim's Progress came close to the celestial city? He was warned, beware of forgetful green the most dangerous place near the city. Here's how Bunyan described it in his book. Beware of forgetful green, many after going some way on pilgrimage. Get into this green and continue here. They are fallen asleep on this forgetful green and talk incoherently as men do in their sleep. Yet we have a more sure word of prophecy than these fanciful stories. It's in the parable of the ten virgins. Jesus told of ten young ladies who were part of the bridal party. Their job was to illuminate the path of the groom en route to the bride's house. We normally focus on the fact that five had oil, five were without oil. But notice this, all slept at the midnight hour. Oil or no oil, each battled an immense fatigue. It reminds me of Elijah. Elijah ran. He was diverted from his course, and now we find him fatigued under a juniper tree. When we are diverted from our course, we find ourselves fatigued. I'm told by people who run marathons that eventually they hit the wall, that moment where everything in them wants to shut down. Technically, it means the runner's body is run out of glycogen, the body's quick storage for carbohydrates. Put another way, they've simply just run out of gas. It takes a supreme regimen of stamina, discipline, effort to break through that wall of fatigue. The greatest temptation is simply to step away from the course. There is fatigue that comes from diversion. When we get on the wrong track, when we are diverted away from what God wants us to do. Fatigued people are at times people that are off track. Frustrated people are the same. Someone wants to find frustration as being motivated without direction, to be spinning in circles, busy, 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 but off track, not knowing where you're going, trying, but not moving in the right direction. I think God speaks to us in our frustration. He tells us, no, you're not all right. You've chosen the wrong path. Hear me carefully. This is a lesson learned long and hard in life. For the path God chooses us to walk, there is grace. There is grace to sustain, to strengthen, grace to endure. But for the path that I choose to walk, there is no divine enablement. I go it alone. I walk it alone. I'm reminded of the story in 2 Kings 6. When the sons of the prophets realized they were out of room, They decide to build a bigger place. Each will go and cut down some trees according to their ability. Each will convert the timber to lumber. Each will do his part. But before they embark on the plan, they ask Elisha if he thinks it's a good idea. He responds in the affirmative. 
But as they prepare to leave, one of them looks at Elisha and says, Will you come with us? We don't want to walk this path alone. It's too difficult. Will you come with us? Elisha's presence was requested because it was required. The miracle of the borrowed axe head is about to happen. Do you get it? We get frustrated within ourselves when we take any Christless path. We are born of the Spirit and should be led by the Spirit. When we go our own way, follow our own path, we are bound to get frustrated. It means we're on a tangent, fatigued, frustrated, and then comes forgetful. One of the great signs that we're on the wrong path is that we're being forgetful. We just don't know. We rejoice in God's forgetfulness. He promises to remember our sins no more. That's a divine quality to show mercy, to render grace for hurt. We also rejoice in God's memory that he never forgets us. He knows the way we take. Following God, then, is a combination of forgetting and remembering. We forget yesterday's failures and triumphs, and we remember our need of God and where he has brought us from. Simon Peter described the way of God, how to live a godly life. After we've encountered Jesus and through him escaped the world's corruption, in 2 Peter 1, we see the milestones of progress, faith, then virtue or moral excellence, knowledge, wisdom, then comes self-control, patient endurance, godliness, brotherly affection, and then love for all. That's the way of God. As Robert Frost said in The Road Not Taken, way leads on to way. When you choose your path, it leads to other paths and certain destinations. There are waypoints on the rebellious road of life. In verse 9, Peter said, we become nearsighted or blind, and we forget we were cleansed from our old sins. Generationally, this is a huge problem in our midst. First-generation people are in the way of faith, and they know where God brought them. Second-generation people are close enough to that initial conversion. Perhaps they saw the fruit of that conversion. They follow close to the Lord as well. But eventually, other generations arise. They were born far enough from where their forefathers were. They come into this thing not from a distant country, born in the church. They don't realize how day after day they become forgetful of the price paid, of the blood that cleanses. They get diverted. They get on a tangent. They drift from God. Perhaps I'm speaking to some of you right now. Do you remember when Jesus gave messages to the angels of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation 2 and 3? Many Bible scholars have pressed those seven churches to be indicative of the seven ages or stages of church history, with the first church being the first century, Smyrna representing the second and third centuries, Pergamos, the compromised church of the Roman Empire through the sixth century, Thyatira representing the church of the dark ages through the 15th century, Sardis representing the Reformation church of 16th and 17th century, Philadelphia representing the missionary church of 18th and 19th century, Laodicea representing the backslidden church of the last days. What is safe to say is that the last day church is going to be marked by a Laodicean spirit. She'll get off track. 
Jesus said she did not realize her condition. She was forgetful because she was diverted. Philadelphia was promised the open door, but Laodicea was marked by a closed mind. They were off track. That's the picture of the way set before us today. One way is broad, it's wide, it's comfortable, but it leads to destruction. The other is narrow, strict, and uncomfortable, but it leads to the path of life. One is the path of least resistance. The other is a more arduous, difficult one, and you choose. Robert Frost said of his path, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. You see, the peril of tangents is simply this. A detour does not lead you to Jesus. It leads you to someone or something else. The writer of Hebrews said that we have a great cloud of witnesses before us. We must drop everything that slows us down, get rid of everything that distracts us, and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The Lord is our shepherd. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And the path he chooses for us will stretch us and cause us to become everything we need to be, such that when we reach the end of this path, we are the most effective tool and instrument in the hands of the Lord. Watch out for tangents. Watch out for diversions that distract you from being who God wants you to be, staying on His path. You will be energized, you will have purpose, and you will fulfill His will. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.